When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. 2021 is well and truly underway. I think I've left the house twice i don't know about james and tom but it's lovely to be back with the lads talking about people uh leaving houses or leaving homes robert snodgrass has gone to west brom and sebastian Haller, cue the trumpets and the party sounds has gone to ajax for a fee believed to be between 20 to 25 million pounds i tweeted straight after that decision saying what a positive move from West Ham's board, uh, positive action, cutting their losses, not dwelling on it and burying their heads in the sand and trying to flog a dead horse that was Sebastian Haller onwards and upwards, bringing a new striker. And uh, it seems that we've got absolutely no one lined up. So we'll just have and Mikhail Antonio and his hamstrings to rely on for our push to the Champions League spots for the rest of the season. We beat Stockport County in the Greater Manchester National Park, which is doubled up apparently as a football stadium, the boggiest pitch ever to have seen an FA Cup game in the history of the competition, I believe. Craig Dawson has become our greatest ever centre-back. We said it last week. He's doubled down on it again, leapt like a salmon to put us through to the next round. The FA Cup draw prior to that game has not done us any favours, assuming we get past Doncaster at home in the fourth round. And West Ham have got some new directors but before all of that the management team here at the we are west ham podcast is still exactly the same me will pew my friends james jones and thomas edwards lads it is absolutely wonderful to see you jonesy uh normally we have had hair banter in the past i sent you a little snap just explaining why i was going to be late for the recording and realized that despite the fact i'm still a few months off of 30 years of age i look like ricky gervais like he does now a chubby balding dark-haired bloke who is i think he's about 60 so that didn't do me any favors but um luckily i'm looking at you and tom and uh, you've made me feel a lot better about myself so james how are you Apart from my hair, um, <laughs> if you if you're watching on YouTube, but like people can see, it's an absolute state. When you sent me that picture earlier, I literally just finished googling how to cut your hair at home on your own, um, <laughs> how to cut your own hair, uh, and I really don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, in the first lockdown, I let Lucy, my wife, do it twice, um, and the first time I went to the barbers, the barber went to me, "Oh, dodgy haircut, mate." So. I'm not sure I'll be doing that again, but yeah, other than that, I'm all right. Thanks mate. Yeah. A little bit, um, a little bit thrown by the whole Hallisale, but we'll go into that. We we will Um, go into that. You've got a new office though, mate. Yeah. I turned my, funny enough, I I turned my, my coat cupboard into, into a little office. So, um, and I've got 
got the West Ham scarf hanging up behind me. I've Love actually it. got somewhere to hang up. Uh, it just means that no one will be able to see Lucy sort of coming in and out behind me and uh, robbing my house as uh, Martin Allen thought she was doing a few weeks back. So, um, so yeah, no, but it's nice and cosy. Absolutely. That explains why you've got a little bit brave for digging her out about her haircut, mate, because you've got the door shut and she can't hear you anymore. Yeah, but the, the walls are a little bit thin in this flat, so she probably <laughs> heard me say that, to be fair. <laughs> Paper-thin walls means James Jones is still in for a hiding at the end of the podcast. Thomas Edwards, uh, not such a concern for you. I know you're having met your missus. You're very friendly to her and in front of her. Uh, no such problems for you. Your barn, it looks on point as ever. How's things, mate? How are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. I think you've uh, actually lied to the viewers there. My hair looks awful. And if you're tuning on the YouTube, this isn't an episode of the Undateables, I promise. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all good, mate. Uh, I'm all good. No complaints my end. I mean, yesterday was a bit of a, a heart stopper at points, but all good, all good. Can't complain. I went for a run earlier, trying to get those legs pumping again, but I'm as unfit as anything is. But here we go. Yeah, to be fair, mate, yeah, I just, that's why I was a little few minutes late. I just uh, smashed out 40 minutes on the exercise bike in the conservatory that I bought on eBay to get me through lockdown. And it is the third time I've bought it. I've been on it in the four months I've had it. So I'm uh, my exercise regime is going pretty well. And I wouldn't put yourself down about the hair, mate, because you've got that bedraggled, chic look. That's your look anyway, isn't it? Put a stony on, ruffle the hair that's up it. a bit, and they're uh, falling at your feet. But look, we've got a great show coming up for you tonight i'll do the housekeeping in a little while because we've got a little bit of an update on the new year competition that we are running on the we are west Ham podcast but coming up on the show tonight we've got a debutant uh guest wise the rib man as you all, or mark gavoas is known to his friends most of you all know him as the rib man the uh yeah he used to have his his stall next to the bowling pub at upton park and he's gone on to huge things since currently building himself a warehouse at the moment and he's great on uh twitter on all things west ham so we'll be speaking to mark he'll be joining us for parts two three and four this evening we'll talk about the sebastian Haller sale robert snodgrass's departure the Stockport win in the FA Cup, the terrible draw that we got two rounds of the FA Cup drawn before we'd played, obviously, Doncaster at home. If we get through that, a trip to either Liverpool or Manchester United, just our luck. It'll make a nice change to play Manchester United away in the FA Cup. Whoop, not. Uh, David Sullivan and David Gold have appointed some new directors to the board. We've been linked with loads of players, as expected. I'm a little bit disappointed on the striker front that nothing has been done so far i think we need at least one of those but we'll be chatting uh, about the striker options and any other potential incomings in the team in part two any work permits holding up potential deals because of brexit james jones will be able to tell us a little bit more about that we asked the we are west ham listeners who they want to see brought in up front in our twitter poll as always the rib man as i said is joining us for that he'll be giving us one of his uh, three bet selections for the Betway charity bet section ahead of the Burnley game. We haven't got an opposition view this week, unfortunately, as Burnley are playing Manchester United as this podcast is being recorded ahead of our game with Burnley at the London Stadium on the weekend. I am Quizmaster for Name That Game. It's really hotting up 
now after my emphatic win last week. I'm still bottom of the table on 19 points. Tom just one ahead of me on 20. James Jones still out in front, but his lead is getting smaller on 23. We'll wrap up the show as always with the West Ham women's segment, whose game got cancelled again. But some good news. Emily Van Egmond signs permanently. Rachel Daly and Ruby Grant seen their loan spells come to an end. Particularly a shame about uh, Rachel Daly with a little bit more on the new manager ahead of the girls game against Tottenham on Saturday at three o'clock. Fingers crossed that one goes ahead too. We'll obviously wrap up with the uh, a brief fantasy Premier League update, but nothing has actually happened since our last show. So that, that won't be too much uh, detail on that one. But as you can tell, absolutely loads to cover. Jonesy will uh, cover it more with the rib man in part two, but just quickly, um, Last week, uh, beat Stockport, made hard work of it. But to be honest, I'm not really, I'm not buying into the negativity too much because, you know, I think they got into our half all of twice. It was inevitably going to be a hard game, but we got over the line and uh, not to sound too Sam Allardyce-y, but um, that's that's what you want, isn't it? And to be fair, if I was sounding Sam Allardyce and it was the FA Cup, we'd obviously be out already because he does not give us stuff about cup competitions. Yeah, if Allardyce was in charge, it'd have been our under sixteens out there the other night, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> he don't he don't care about the FA Cup, but no, Number- I, I, I don't get the I don't get the negativity. I think you just got to take one look at the conditions, and you know we we're playing just you know, just a massive puddle um, for ninety minutes, and it just got progressively deeper as the game went on, which meant that we couldn't play the football that we were trying to play. You know, but, you know we were doing all the right things. I think we, you know we dominated possession as we were expected to do. Uh, we just couldn't move the ball quick enough in in the puddle, and that you know that suited Stockport and you know the way that they they'd set up. So you know, good good to get the goal. You, you felt the goal was always going to come from from a header from across because you know we just couldn't play the, play with the football on the on the ground. So yeah, it's nice to get the win. And um, Craig Dawson, the greatest centre back in in football in history, absolute worldy of a header. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to get his name on the back of my shirt. He's a hero. <laughs> but uh, just for anyone at home listening who's thinking that is weird because if I'm not mistaken only two weeks ago James Jones was clamouring for Craig Dawson to be released in January desperately was for him to go back to Watford and all of a sudden he's getting his name printed on the back of his shirt Tom uh, I'd say got over the line we're into the fourth round that's always nice but obviously a bit of a weird one um, before the game having two rounds drawn uh, Doncaster at home I was buzzing. I was absolutely delighted. I thought, oh, brilliant. I just, I could tell. I think we had Chelsea and Leicester, I think, left in the draw at the end. And we got drawn out. I thought, oh, here we go. And then my joy was completely short-lived. And I just couldn't believe it. I know West Ham fans joke. And my granddad rang up my dad straight away. And he was like, oh, you knew that was going to happen, didn't you? But it's not even funny. How have we drawn Liverpool or Manchester United away? I don't know about you, but it just sort of, does really take away from it a bit, I think, knowing the next two games that you've got. Uh, what was your your thoughts on it, just briefly? No, absolutely. And obviously, we, we all here understand why they've done it. It gives pre-planning and it allows us to actually make plans and be able to book hotels and whatnot that are needed for it. So I understood it, but absolutely, it's deflating. When, when you see Doncaster come out of the hat and your, your hopes are high and you think maybe this year's the year we'll have such, sort of, not a walk-in, but a relatively easy run to the quarterfinals, so to speak. But Drawing them's a nightmare, but 
the players obviously probably would have known that before. Maybe they wouldn't have. But the fact that they've come through a really tough, boggy pitch and, and controlled the entire of the game, let's be honest, they had two corners which were taken poorly and we managed to get through and, and we managed the game very, very well. Anyone who can't see that's probably lacking a bit of bit of football knowledge because we, we've taken control of a very tough game on a small pitch and a boggy getting wet through. And uh, we've done a big job on them. We scored last minute to go through. So thank God for that. But it, it, it makes it worse. But at the same time, we want to be in it. We still can beat United and both Liverpool. We showed that earlier this season. There's still a chance. Um, so for me, you've got to beat anyone to win it anyway. You've got to beat the best sides to win it. So if we do do it, why not? If you put Suchek in that side, we can hurt anyone from set pieces from wherever and we'll still be resolute no matter where we play. So I'm not down and out, but it was a bit of a dampener for sure. Fair play, fair play. Well, look, we'll cover more of that in a little bit. A bit of housekeeping first. Do follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. If you don't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can watch back every single one of these episodes as well as previous interviews we've done. James Jones has cut a few of those up into bite-sized chunks if you don't want to hear uh, me and the lads droning on either side of the famous person that we have on <laughs> then you can uh, just look at the 15 20 minute little segments with plenty of the big names that we've had on over the last 12 to 18 months uh, just scroll down to the description of this podcast and you'll find a link to our youtube jones we've uh, we've been running a new year's giveaway which we launched last week exclusively for listeners to the podcast it hasn't gone anywhere on social media because we don't want people just seeing it on twitter and thinking oh i'll enter that we want to reward the people who are listening and listen and download to the we are west Ham podcast every week and we love all of you by the way for doing that uh, so we're giving away a free west ham shirt from this season home away or third the winner gets to pick uh, and all they had to do uh, we launched it last week was uh, leave us a five-star review on uh, the platform either itunes or youtube take a screenshot uh, of it as you were writing it and as soon as it showed up on those platforms uh, sorry take a screenshot and email it to us at we are west Ham pod at gmail.com and as soon as the uh, the review showed up on the platform, either Apple or YouTube. We'll match it up with uh, the emails that we've had in the inbox, put the names in a hat for the people uh, who had, had come in with uh, appropriate uh, applications for the competition. And uh, yeah, and then we'll pick, pick up a winner. But Jonesy, uh, we've, we've had a few emails come through towards the end of the week, haven't we, the, which haven't uh, they take a bit of a while to to bleed through onto the platforms don't we so we're going to extend entries until next friday so if you haven't entered already and you're thinking oh jesus i was supposed to do that that is annoying do it right now uh, because it's a bit unfair on the guys who've who've emailed entries during the last couple of days and they haven't quite dropped through on the platforms yet uh, so obviously we couldn't announce it this week so we've decided to extend it till friday so that's friday at midnight um, and if you get your review up by then that will definitely have hit the platform by next uh, monday slash tuesday when we record the pod so it just gives us enough time to see all the appropriate entries and take the pick but jones we've had a couple of belter reviews in already haven't we yeah, we've had some absolutely cracking ones. And uh, firstly, thanks to everyone that's that's got involved in this. It's um, I was laughing out loud reading a few of these earlier. Um, they haven't been just your normal. Oh, this is a great podcast. Uh, everyone should listen. Sort of reviews. They've been they've been pretty personal, um, but not the way that that um, 
the Phantom Hammer went, uh, just a little <laughs> bit better, a little bit, bit tongue in cheek. Um, I've got a personal favourite, and it, it's a long one, but I'm going to read it out because it's absolutely fantastic. And this one is from Guy Yardley. Uh, I, th- I, I presume uh, yeah, he's in Australia. He's, he's uh, based in Adelaide, and he says, uh, "Hi, legends. Massive fan of the show. Been listening for years, and an Australian fan from Adelaide. Would love to get the shirt." You asked for a review, so I've decided to give a review for each of the presenters. Uh, And he starts with me, James Jones, big fan of your opinions, arguably the most honest and calm out of the three. I've always enjoyed listening to you, and I'm looking forward to hearing your voice tonight as me and my partner use it to help us get to sleep. (laughs) Are you kidding? Uh, And then he goes on to say that I'm most like Winston Reed. sexual. Your dull and semi-sexual tone of voice is what I would imagine the big word sounds like if he were to run his own podcast. Um, I mean, I'll take that all day long. I'll absolutely take that. <laughs> dull and um, sexual. <laughs> dull and sexual. Or semi-sexual, so it's not even full-on sexual. No. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take it either way. I'll take it either way. Uh, then he's got a, Tom Edwards, my favourite presenter out of the three. Your analytical presence and understanding of the game is something I don't see in any other West Ham-related pro- podcast. Most like Manuel Lanzini. I'll what, take it. What wildly, inconsi- wildly inconsistent in regards to showing up, but has a vast amount of flair, which is always required in a squad. So, yeah, take that, Tom, all day long. Oh, mate, what a man. What a man. Guy Yardley, I'll buy you a pint <laughs> next time I see you. Thanks for doing that. Should have paid him more. The, 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 moves on to Will. Uh, the main man on the pod and the ladder is likely to... Uh, is like the glue which holds it all together. Your ability to make a laugh out of us losing is something to behold, and your passion knows no bounds. Keep up the great work. Most like Mark Noble, been around since the beginning, able to read the game extremely well, and is someone we all respect and trust. Anyways, keep up the great content, boys. Come on, you irons. I mean, if that's not the best review any any podcast ever had, I don't know what is. Yeah, I don't know. What a what a belter that was from Guy there. Mark, I was getting all excited there. Tom gets a flair player, and I'm not going to pretend that the ego in me is not going, oh, yeah, every, no one wants to be Mark Noble over Manuel Lanzini, do they? Well, <laughs> Everyone I've wants to be Lanzini. I've got a player that hasn't played for West Ham for five years. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, at least me and Tom have been on the pitch this season. Yeah, yeah. we're in. Yeah. We're alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely well that's a, a belter from Guy Tom just before we move on and get uh, the rib man in we've had a couple of other nice reviews in this week haven't we already so thought we'd read those out yeah absolutely John Hillard who, who nicknamed Irons86 said discovered a podcast during the absence of games in Covid lockdown and now a regular listener always a great listener especially enjoyed his special guests such as TC Craig Forrest ETC many many memories Great way to keep up to date with all things happening around the club. And then we've had a few quick ones. Isaac, sorry, Sri Lankan Hammer, Isaac Weber said a great listen to get you through work from home or your one permitted lockdown exercise per day. Keep it up, lads. And then another five-star review, which came in from David Ogley, who said, excellent pod for all things West Ham. So it's been great, the feedback, and um, fingers crossed that a few of you get in touch. Hopefully I don't get slagged off. I will be paying Guy again today, so... uh, I should expect another good one in the coming week. Yeah, that that was uh, that was like a dagger to my heart. That was him. <laughs> him say Tom's my favourite. I cannot believe it. 
<laughs> cannot believe it. But look, thanks to everyone who's entered so far. Like I say, remember if uh, if you get the chance and you you wish you'd uh, entered last week, the competition has been extended. So get your reviews in, take a screenshot and email it to us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. As you can see, we have had all of them in. So thanks to everyone who's entered so far. Uh, you've got until Friday night at midnight. That's UK time for anyone listening overseas uh, to get in. And we will, I promise, announce the winner next week but that's enough of all of that complimentary nice stuff and housekeeping let's get the show underway as we do every week with part two loads to talk about and we'll be joined by the rib man So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. There's some absolutely belting reviews just read out by James Jones there. Still not sure if I'm happy with my Mark Noble tag, but as James pointed out, uh, his comparison hasn't played for West Ham for five years. So uh, I'll certainly I'll certainly take it. I'm delighted to say we're joined by a We Are West Ham debutant. It is Mark Javot, but better known to most of you as the rib man. Mark's brilliant to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully uh, you've got plenty to say on the plenty that has happened on the club in the last week. But uh, how's things? First of all, for those everyone probably listening will, will know you already um, as the rib man from your, your stall at Upton Park. You're on to uh, far bigger things now, building a, a new warehouse at the moment and sort of battling your way through through COVID. How's it all going? Um, to be fair, yeah, it's, it's okay. We've, we've um, kind of adapted and um, you know, since losing everything as opposed to markets and, and, and West Ham and, you know, we, we kind of just adapted and went more online uh, with the sources and stuff. So it, it, it's been doing very well. We're, we're business-wise, we're up quite a bit on last year. So, you know, we I've decided now to, to take advantage of it now and, and, and try and build my own little factory. Um because, you know, I was never happy with the quality when it was going outsourced to other places. So I want to do it myself and keep the quality there and and just, you know, carry on doing what we're doing. Oh, great stuff, mate. Great so, stuff. It's and, all good. Uh, all good. Please it's do. Weird, football, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, on the on the pitch, what have you uh, what have you made of? Of the season so far, it's been a bit of a uh, sort of bit of a, an up and down one, so to speak. But on the whole, uh, I think that the the feelings are still pretty positive. I think this month is going to be a huge one. But what have you what have you made of it all on the pitch? I think we've we've done okay. I mean, you know, um, I think he seems to David Moyes seems to be getting his head around making substitutions or changes a lot earlier. Um, you know, for me, he was always making a substitute at the end of the game when it was fucking pointless, you know. So, um, but as a team, we seem to be able to have a lot more bouts. We don't seem to be as easy to break down. You know, if we do go a goal in front, I'm not really expecting to go 1-1. If we do, it's unlucky. It, it, we seem to have a bit more bouts at the end of the day, um, which is good to see. We've got a bit more fight. Um, we all want to see that. Um, yeah. Um, it's been difficult, isn't it? I mean, you know, I mean, the Stockport game, it was, 
We talk about that later, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, but we we will go we we will go into that. Obviously, I think the main the main thing for us, we seem to have become far more defensively resolute without us looking like yeah. we're managed by Allardyce or Pulis. Like we we're, we're harder to beat, yeah. but it doesn't look so ugly, which uh, which I think is uh, is pretty nice to see. But look, Mark will be Mark's uh, delighted to say that he's joining us for the next three uh, sections. So we'll have plenty plenty to go through. As he said, we'll cover the Stockport game in a minute but the first item on the agenda for part two tonight is the Sebastian Haller sale needless to say anyone who listens to the podcast or certainly has done in the weeks gone past uh, was, will be no surprise to those listening that I was delighted to see that news happened I was quick to tweet about it and I think you know I thought a fair play to to the club a positive step um, to to get rid of Haller. I know he was our record signing, 45 million quid, but it hasn't worked. David Moyes obviously doesn't fancy him and it certainly doesn't look like it's going to work. James Jones is already shaking his head. Uh, Jonesy, not so not so impressed. I, I did make the, the very big caveat on the tweet that I sent out that, you know, this month is huge make or break and is the whatever our next move is, who we bring in will be the difference between potentially a European place or another mediocre 12th to 14th place finish. But um, you already look furious with, with what I'm saying, which is, is good because we haven't had a good proper argument for a couple of weeks. So let me have it. Well, I'm thinking about last week when you were like begging me to have a uh, sort of have a row yeah, so um, I do disagree with you this week. I mean, don't, I will say I don't, I don't, um, I'm not surprised that they sold him. Absolutely, like he needed to be sold. Um, I am a little bit surprised that he went in January rather than next summer. I thought, given the fact that we sold two other strikers last summer, we couldn't really afford to lose another striker. Um, my issue with the whole thing is, is that typical West Ham, they've gone and sold a player without having a, a replacement lined up, slap bang in the middle of a season. Um, we're now scrambling around. Excuse me, it's safe, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like we're linked with, <laughs> if you look at the, the, the rumour mill, we're linked with every single striker under the sun. And oh, it's because, I mean, I'd be very surprised if if we get anyone soon. It's going to be a deadline day thing for me, I think. And we probably won't get the player that Moyes wants if we get the player that David Sullivan wants. And it's it's just going to be, it doesn't seem like we've, we've thought this one through. I, I get that the whole Haller bid probably came in a little bit and caught the club a little bit off guard and Haller maybe behind the scenes made me go and look like I want to go to Ajax and I don't blame him for it but surely you go hang on let's just find a replacement first and now we're stuck with Antonio luckily he's fit in time but we don't know how long for um, we might end up relying on either Yarmolenko up front or that the young lad that came on against Stockport at the end or Dubeko who's got no experience whatsoever and we're back to square one no no striker other than Antonio who's not a natural striker by the way and like we've oh, just gone full circle haven't we well I, I mean it's just it's frustrating that I, I get that he was going to get sold and he needed to get sold he didn't fit the system he was on his way out one way or another but please just get a re- sort of replacement at first <laughs> because like come on it's give not a, hard give him a chance what was the rush, though? I don't get. What was the rush? I think. Um, oh, I on. think. That, I, I think that we we'd actually only paid twenty five million pounds worth of the forty five million pounds because the majority of was it was in clauses. So I wonder whether any of that was in getting to a certain amount of Premier League appearances, which you probably would have had by the end of the okay. season or whatnot. 
but apparently we'd only actually paid 25 million pounds for him as as of now so basically we are recouping his transfer fee as of selling to Ajax now but so I understand it I understand it in the sense that we've made money back, but if we don't sign anyone, then it's then it's suicidal, and then we need some serious question marks again. And you know how I feel about the board; don't even want to get into them. But but if we do sell him and we make some money back and we get someone in more fitted to us, I think I think that's a good move for the club. I, I really do. Um, as long as we do get that, do make that happen. Well, it's, it's only it's only a good move if they sign a a, a proper replacement. Um, this this window it's only a good move if they do it I mean I, I just at the moment the way and you know we, we all know the club we all know the way they operate in transfer window they're going to try I, a straight, just, straight through man yeah you I know, can't I, I they, just, they can see that we need how many points now they, they, they're looking at that already guaranteed they're not looking for the European finish they're just looking yeah. to stay up case they don't give a fuck we finish 15th they don't they don't care Mm. Well, if it means that they haven't got to spend that money, if they move now, right now that we'd finish 15th without spending any money, that'd be it. Job done. Yeah, thank you. Mark, so, you, you know, because we saw in the summer, right, with Grady D and Garner, and there was yeah. absolute uproar after, after yeah. he, he went. And uh, yeah, but to be fair, and they said at the time, we got loads of players in those attacking positions. And everyone who moaned about that has been had to eat a little bit of humble pie because we have we have played well. Bowen of Fournells have played well. Lanzini and Ben Rama have done okay in those attacking midfield roles. We haven't exactly missed Dean Garner. But with with this one, and you you say there, you know, we won't get anyone in. Surely to not get anyone in after selling Haller and to leave the manager with just Antonio, even the most ardent anti-borders um, or even the people who, you know, stick up for the, for the board, surely they're not, yeah, you know, for want of a better word, not silly enough to do that because that is, that's just blatant, like a two fingers up to the fans and the managers. I, I know that. Yeah, of course, but I, I definitely wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. I really, really wouldn't. And that's it. I mean, it's, they already said there ain't no money, especially for the pandemic, this, 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 whatever, right? And yeah, we just sold out there for what, 20, 22 million. And they are going to say that they're not earned that money. They're, they're not going to put 22 million pounds back into the club, into a player. No fucking way are they going to spend 22 million pounds now on a player. No way. Do you, 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 you're quite because mm. this one seems it would seem like a complete and utter dereliction of duty. And I know, like I say, I know that people who are have, have already got their um, opinions on the board and, and that comes from hard evidence. I'm not sort of suggesting that anyone who, who, who thinks the board are or are against the board is, is foolish him, or anything. I backed him at the start. I mean, I did. I backed him at the start. I believe the fucking bullshit. I mean, you see it in the film in the Iron Man, you know what I mean? It was like, I was sucked into it, you know? It was like, yeah, I believe that we could become that club that they were dreaming about. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really fancied it. Man, look what they gave us at the end, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we're disappointed. We're gutted, you know? And that's how I feel. I feel that they've absolutely taken us for the months. And Mm. and it hurts, you know what I mean? It does hurt, that part of it. But yeah. I'd like to see the football start talking, you know, and start making us feel better about everything. And to be fair, to a certain extent, it has a little bit this season. You know, it hasn't been all doom and gloom. We've seen some good stuff. We've seen some poor stuff. But 
it ain't like it was last season or the season before. We seem to be a bit stronger, but, yeah. but on the pitch, not at the club. No, no, no. That, that that's right. I mean, Tom, as far as uh, as far as you're you're concerned on the on the Haller situation, I I think what I would say to to you and James there is, and I know it sounds silly because you know my stance on on the club and the way it's run and all of that sort of thing. You've and you know similar sentiments to Mark. I wrote in my blowing bubbles column this week, uh, this month, sorry, how I'm, it still saddens me to this day that I don't get to go to Upton Park anymore and sit in the East End and all that sort of thing. I wrote that this month. So I have those feelings as well. But I I do sort of, as James um, and you were sort of going on there, Tom, there is still, there is still have, what, how many days we've got left? 18 days left in January. And I know, and I'm more than happy, James, as you're grinning under your hand there, for you to come back to me at the end of the month, if we've signed no one and go, look, remember how you were full of, juvenile optimism on the 12th of January um but I do think there is still a bit of time left it is too this episode is too soon to go gung-ho on what the hell have we done but you seem really nervous about it Jonesy no, I, I am, to me, or Tom or Tom no Tom sorry go on Tom, go um, on, Tom. no I, I I think um I'm actually not that nervy I, I think that like I said I think the Haller deal is decent we, we basically recoup what we paid on a, on a failure I think if we don't go out and sign someone then I, I'm always anti-board but at the end of the day and I will come at them but right now we've like you say Will time's going the window we're three points off top four um we're miles away from relegation zone all we've got we're in the fa cup all we've got is things to fight for if we don't make a decision and go after a striker now then i think it's just it's crippling the club from the media standpoint from the fan standpoint it's an absolute decision which will be nothing but bad news for them and they will see the repercussions of that in a big big way from many different angles so i think they're not that stupid they're stupid and they're sucking us and they're trying to take what they can out of us at the end of the day, they're not terribly stupid to make the money they've made. They're not stupid people. So they will go out and I think they will buy a striker because they know that that we need to. You can't have one fit striker. Um, you can't have one fit striker left um, in a Premier League squad when you've got over half the season to play and you've got an FA Cup run to deal with. So ultimately, I believe that um, the club will go out and spend some money. We've got plenty of time left to go and do it. We've got targets lined up that we've had for a few weeks so ultimately I think we will go out there and do it and like you say come back in a few weeks and if we haven't then I'll be even more aggressive against them as I am usually in January around this time of the year yeah absolutely mate it feels to me um and to re- wheel out one of my um famous analogies it feels to me like we've washed the car at the moment we've sponged it down and we've got all the worst of it off and we've rinsed it all off and we're at that stage at the moment where we're either going to rub it down with a chamois leather and it's going to look absolutely pristine at the end of January, or we're just going to walk away and go, Not, you know what, I can't be bothered to lever it this week. And we're going to walk away having only done half a job and all of a sudden in a couple of days, it's going to be all dried watermarks on it and you might as well have not washed the car in the first place. And in case anyone is struggling with that analogy what i mean is we've done the, the first bit which is get rid of Haller, free up the wages we've done what th- that first bit is only a positive move if you do the the next good bit after that jonesy uh we've we've lost mark we'll just we'll get mark back in the next couple of uh minutes have you got anything to uh add on the Haller? because we've got a lot to cover just before we move on uh to robert snodgrass's departure i don't disagree with 
with the um with what Tom what Tom's just said. So I think it, it was a good deal for the club at the time. Um but I just don't it, they should have known that he wasn't fitting the system, and so therefore they should have been at least been in the process of getting a, a, another deal done, or at least maybe in the they are. Just maybe they are. Well, we don't know. Well, well, I just I don't believe it. I just don't believe that that's that's the case. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I'm not frustrated that he's been sold, but I'm frustrated that there's a massive, massive, massive possibility that we could come out of this window. With just Antonio as our as our striker, and as much as he scores goals, you can't rely on him to stay fit for for the next four or five months, can you? No. Um, so, that for me, for me, that's the only reason why I'm a little bit frustrated with the whole thing. So, like, why haven't we got another plan lined up already? All why right, haven't we signed right. Summer? Well, look, calm down. Look, as, as the glue that holds it, <laughs> <laughs> as the glue that holds this podcast together, as uh, as Guy told us from Australia. Uh, all I'm going to say, I, I get where you're coming from, but I'm going to ask you, this is a personal request from Will Pugh, host of the We Are West Sound podcast here, Jonesy, to just say, can we just press pause on those feelings until the 1st of February? Because otherwise, A, you're going to use all our content up for that show if you've already had the moan. And just, I, I, it feels, I know, I know people want to slam the board every time and people feel silly and naive believing anything. <laughs> Uh, that comes out of the club these days after what they feel has happened with the London Stadium, as Mark was explaining how he feels there. But can we just press pause on those feelings for now? And if at the end of it, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I've got those concerns as well. But if at the end of the month, we've got no one in at all, then we can say fair enough. But just because I do think the process of getting rid of Haller is, is a good step. It is a good step. Uh, I know that it, he was just useless. There was no point having him. We might as well put Yarmolenko up front, to be honest, because he was useless other than one overhead kick. So can we, just for now, are we, is it all right with you if we just press pause on that rant of yours until uh, the 1st of February or our first show in February? And then I promise I'll let you have it for 10 minutes and I won't say a thing. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, we're, uh, we're just trying to get... Uh, Mark back in but before as as we, we're trying to to do that Tom Robert Snodgrass left for uh, West Brom really sad to see him go he was obviously sad as well it was quite funny seeing the difference in reaction to Snodgrass's departure and Hallers as they all both happened very close to each other and uh, I think there we go we've got we've got him Sorry, back man. in but we've put the Haller situation to bed. We're on to Robert Snodgrass's departure now. Uh, Tom, just uh, first of all... Sorry, uh, sorry. Can I just say one thing about Haller? <coughs> I know, you know, we're going about replacing him, but when you watch him play, what are we missing? What are we, what are we actually replacing? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Mm. So he, he, doesn't... he didn't bring nothing. He didn't bring anything to the team. He didn't bring anything. So I don't actually know what we're replacing. We need a striker, a hundred percent. Second striker, you're getting in a second striker. That's all we need. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Just, a, just someone else to have, to be able to play when Antonio can't. Yeah, definitely. That, that is exactly. It. I think you missed sort of some of the some of the gold there, Mark. That's what, what we were saying. It's like really, we're already. I think. I think we're we're no worse off. To me, if anything, we've got some more wages to spend because I don't. It was 
that James was saying he's worried about putting Yarmolenko on instead, but we might as well. He, you know, he'll be no worse, will he? There'll be he'll chase the ball. Exactly, exactly. I do, I do agree with you. But we'll see what happens. We've agreed. Me and James have agreed to uh, put our argument on hold until the end of January. And if we haven't brought anyone in, then James is free to rant and uh, and moan on the first of Feb. But Robert Snodgrass left Tom. Um, did, like I say, bit of uh, it was quite funny seeing the difference between uh, the reaction to his departure and Haller's big outpouring of emotion, thanks and gratitude from the fans towards Snodgrass and the club also pretty popular around the club a bit of an unpopular take i think but from my perspective tom uh you know very very sensible bit of business to 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 let him go he wasn't getting game time he wasn't really going to be much use so i might have played last night and perhaps against doncaster but is it worth holding on to him for two more games in the season i think um i think he gave us a lot as a club he, he got slagged off by the owners he he came it didn't quite work he got slagged off publicly by the owners and, and he came back and he was actually one of our best players last season and he worked hard i mean looking forward i'm with you will if we can recoup a bit of money on him rather than let him go on a free i think it's not a bad deal at all but one thing about him is you see in all the videos that the, the social media team release and everyone that he's basically the heartbeat of that dressing room and he, he he's the guy who, who makes it all happen and has the spirits high, cracking all the jokes and that. And I think that's something you can't underestimate. Football players are people in, and if you're best friends with someone and, and you see him leave, it, it's a tough thing and getting on with that and moving on. Say if you're uh, someone else to come to Scotland or he's one of your best mates, it's difficult to see someone like that leave when he's obviously the heartbeat of the dressing room but at the football side of things he needs to go and it is their job to get on with it and realize players need to go so fingers crossed it's a good deal for both sides because at the end of the day he was a good player for us he'll be a good player for West Brom and we'll probably move on and it won't harm us too much going forward so good deal for everyone I wish nothing but the best for Robert Snodgrass and uh, appreciate what he did for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got himself a three-year deal at West Brom, certainly something he wouldn't have been getting at West Ham. So I think for him as well, he's, he's obviously looking after looking after himself. It makes sense. Will you uh, sort of understand that decision, Mark, or were you uh, sort of same as everyone else? I mean, I I I understand it from, from Snodgrass's view, without a shadow of a doubt. If he, he's got a three-year deal at West Brom, like you say, mm. he ain't going to get three years at West Ham. He just won't. Fair play to him. He gave everything for West Ham. You know what I mean? He's one of them players that you, you just want to see because he, he will sweat blood and tears for you on that pitch, man. And that's all I want to see. I just want to see that commitment. from. If we had his kind of commitment from every single player in the team, we'd be top four. Yeah, that's we the... just don't get it. If, if, if Alain was to put in the commitment that Snodgrass put in, he'd be banging in goals left, right and centre. But when you can't be asked to chase a fucking ball, you ain't gonna get a go, are you? No, no, that's that's exactly it. Jonesy, um Stockport, awful conditions, but a strong team got the job done eventually. Uh for like you said, thanks for signing of the season, Craig Dawson. I know you're a big fan of him and you'd be absolutely heartbroken if he left the club for Jonesy. Uh what I say there is a, been a little bit of negativity. We covered it a little bit in the intro, but what did you uh, what did you make of that? As I said in the intro, um, I don't really get the negativity. You know, I had um, I had a, a, a Spurs Spurs mate texting me about twenty minutes before the end of the game, going, "Are you get are you as you're lot getting on against lower league opposition? Should be battering them by now." He's obviously having a little dig because obviously they battered a team five nil. Um, and at first, I was like, "Oh yeah, we should be beating these lot." But then you look at it. We are, as I said before, we're playing in a puddle. 
uh, which means we can't play the football that we wanted to play on the floor. Um, and Stockport were actually quite a good side, particularly defensively, but the football inside, they're not too bad. But um, the conditions weren't right for us. It suited Stockport more than it suited us in terms of the style of play. And um, the goal was always going to come come from an aerial threat. And thankfully, it came for us. And Craig Dawson, absolute wonder signing. Um, if there's one if there's one bit of business they got to do this January, it's make that loan deal permanent. Yeah, Give the man a seven-year contract. Like they did was, in Red. Him, yeah, yeah give, give him seven years. Give, give him the keys to Newham or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the day. It's a football match. We've won, we've won it. We're into the next round of the cup. Uh, that's all that matters. I think you know, like, like my mate who's a Spurs fan was alluding to the fact that you should be battering these teams all the time. Um, it just doesn't happen in the FA Cup, does it? it doesn't happen. No, that was a proper FA Cup match. I mean, the yeah, conditions and everything. This is yeah. what the FA Cup was all of, always about. And yeah, it was always that was the magic. That was the thing. And you never wanted to be the 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 giant killing side who got giant killed in it, you know? Yeah. You know, we've been there before. I mean, we were talking about Dowie before the game, wasn't it? So, but yeah, you know what? I've got no complaints about that game at all. What and did I, you make, you know, Mark, a tough game. What did you make of having the, the, the obviously we know the, the draw before the game, they drew two rounds, didn't we? So I was delighted to see we got Doncaster at home and then whoopee, if we win that, we've got to go to Anfield or Old Trafford. What did you uh, make yeah. of all that? Because I was inconsolable after that. I, I didn't understand it. I, I don't know why they did it. Or why, why did they do it like that? I still don't get it. I didn't even bother asking, to be honest with you, but what? Tom, you're, you can shed a bit of light on that, can't you? Um, it's because of COVID that basically they've done it so that teams can pre-plan rather than having to make last-minute plans when either to, to put in place COVID things which they need to happen in order to get to that FA Cup tie. So they've basically done two rounds in a row so that teams can plan the hotel and in their COVID bubbles where they're going to be and all that before the Cup tie that they play. So it, does, it, it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> so, hold up. So... so. So that means that West Ham are pre-planning a game after the one they win. They have to win, sort of thing. No, so well, so, it just, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird one, but I'll get, I've get. Apparently, that's well, we done that. We 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 did that for Birmingham. Remember? Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> we can't do that as a team. We're shit at doing that. We can't plan shit like that because we lose. We can't it, do it. It did. I hate it. It did. It does seem a little bit peculiar because, like, if they do the if they do the draw straight after the games or before the very last game of the tournament, as they often do, and as we saw the other night, it would still give teams a little bit of time. But I guess you know, I, I still think it's weird the FA Cups even yeah. being played this season. To be quite honest, but look, lots to cover in this round, so we'll move on. James uh, and the there's been some new directors appointed at the club. Um, David Sullivan has appointed his partner and uh, his son, Jack Sullivan. There's a couple of uh, others been appointed, I think four in total. Can you uh, let anyone who's listening, who's not quite sure what's gone on with that, can uh, you and Tom just give us a couple of details on that before we move on? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the full details and it doesn't, I mean, away from who, who they actually are. To, to begin with, don't really know what's going on in terms of them appointing new directors. Um, but one of them is Sullivan's partner. 
The other one is uh, Jacqueline Gold's husband, Jacqueline Gold being the daughter of David Gold. Uh, and another one is uh, an acquaintance of David Gold, I believe. I might be wrong there, but I think it's there or thereabouts. Um, all of which have absolutely no idea how to run a football club or even be on a board of a football club. So what they're doing as as board of direct and, and the board of directors, I don't know. It's a very, so very like a Trump administration, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very it's a very strange strange situation. There's a lot of questions being asked. Um, not just by fans, but obviously in the media as well. It's going, well, why, why all these changes? doesn't seem to be anyone there that actually knows what they're doing when it comes to running a football club. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but there are there are three or four new board members, all of which are related to or are acquainted to Golden Sullivan. Could, um, could it have anything to do with, like, sharing the money or anything? Yeah. I mean, that was my first thought. It, it, it sounds like you know maybe they're but, they're, edge, they're they're edging nearer a sale and they want to share the money yeah. out amongst the family. Um, yeah. Potentially, it could be that it could be right. They're just getting their you know ducks in a row before they before they cash in. But we'll, we'll have to see. But it, 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 just on the face of it, it does seem a little bit strange. But it could be the beginning of um, you know the end game for them. Potentially, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, look, look, we, I say, still a little bit early to say anything uh, concrete at the moment. And, you know, I'll have a word with my dad after the show and see if he can get me on the board of his firm. He is the only director of his company. So I don't think he, and I know he's not interested in sharing any of the money out with me. So uh, I'm pretty sure that will be Should a be. Hot- <laughs> I'm pretty sure that'll be a hard no but Tom uh, we're hoping to have uh, Kieran Maguire on football finance expert on the show perhaps next week he'll be able to shine a little bit more light on that as the situation uh, develops seven minutes left in part two we've covered loads already uh, we've been linked with a few Jones I know you don't want to talk about this because you're already determined and certain that West Ham are signing no one. Tom, uh, Luka Jovic, Patson Dakar, Adam Halozek, Milik, Ismail Asar, Eddie Nketiah and Abdallah Seema are the ones that are on our notes. Mark's scowling because it looks like he knows about as many of them as I do. Um, Tom, I've got two of them. <laughs> Luka Jovic, I think um, there's talks that he's Nketiah. almost... Almost certainly Luka Jovic going back to Eintracht Frankfurt. Tom, can you shed any light um, on those, who they are for those listening and for me and Mark apparently as well? <laughs> so obviously Josh King, I think most Premier League fans will understand that he, he's a, he was at Bournemouth banging goals in. I think he'd actually, if he played for West Ham, in the amount of time he was at Bournemouth and Bournemouth in the Premier League, he'd be our all-time top goal scorer in the Premier League. So we'll know about Josh King. Um, Abdullah Seema is a Sparta Prague youngster who's about, I think he's six foot four, six foot five. He's very mobile around the pitch. He scores all types of goals, headers, and behind a striker. He is young, I believe he's 19 under 20. Um, and he's a talented player. And there's rumors that Thomas Suchek has actually recommended him to the scout team and to West Ham, um, as apparently he did with Sue Fowl. So I think. Um, that one could be. He must be on a kickback. He's on a kickback, isn't he? Yeah, he's <laughs> the chief scout at West Ham. He's having a laugh, and he's having margaritas in Barbados. He's best scout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and our only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Kasten Dacker is part of the Red Bull. I believe he's at Salzburg, and he he's another young striker who's got all sorts of his game. He's strong, can go in behind, can come to feet, very technical, and scores again all type of goals particularly running in behind and, and attacking crosses. He's a, he's a top, top player. 
Um, so those are the two I'd really watch closely, probably the Seymour and Dakar ones, because Dakar, there's a lot of teams who've been interested in Spurs. We're even looking at him to be their second striker for Vincius. Quite a lot of European sides are looking at are looking at him in particular. And um, the whole Red Bull uh, model is shown that they sort of transcend their players to Salzburg, to Leipzig, and then onto bigger European sides. And he's one of the young crop now coming through who who looks like he'll be put on that pathway or put on a pathway to a big European side. So I'd watch out for him and I'd watch out for Seema because they're both exactly the type of strikers we need who can run channels, get it to the feet, go in behind and score goals from crosses with a physical presence. So either of those I'd be happy with, but so is Josh King. So all, we're looking in the right ballpark this time. It's not like a Seb Pallery sort of uh, a rose in a thorn bush, do you know what I mean? It in terms or a thorn a in a rose bush. Yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, I got it wrong. But you know what I mean? Like someone who actually suits our style of play. All, all of these lots suit our style of play and can, can give us that energy up top that Antonio does. Obviously, James will be absolutely furious if we go out and do a bit of good business and, and sign a striker that's going to project <laughs> us to the Champions League this season. Jonesy, before we've got four minutes left before we wrap up, uh, part two of the show and we did ask the we are west ham listeners as we always do every week on twitter earlier for their opinion on the hot topic of the week and this week it was a straightforward one uh, tom put it up which striker would you prefer us to sign can you let us know the options and what the fans had to say yeah uh, josh king abdallah sima patson dakar and the other option was other we're asking people to, to comment um josh king 12 percent Abdullah Seema, just over 17%, and Patson Dakar, the, uh, the the landslide winner, was just uh, just under 63%. Um, a couple of comments, um, both of which said uh, Bulai Dia, who is the uh, uh, starred Ream striker, who apparently has been in talks with us quite a lot in recent weeks. And if anything, that looks like that could be, that's probably more likely than all of them, according to reports. Um, not as I said, according to reports there, because I still don't believe it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh, Patson Dakar's the runaway one. And I think, you know, he's, he's been linked with, you know, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, some of the big clubs. Um, but I'm, I'm quite intrigued by Abdallah Seema, purely because if, if Suchek's recommended him, then he's got to be good, hasn't he? So um, I, I wouldn't mind him. But yeah, uh, the fans seem to want Dakar or Dia. Uh, not Ali Dia, it's Bula Dia. It's just Bula Ali Dia is the sort of player we sign. Really. No relation. <laughs> well, Yaroslav Tverdik, who's the uh, Slavia Prague president, will be rubbing his hands together at that. Mark, just quickly, we've got two minutes left before we move on to the Betway charity bets. Uh, Mark Arnautovic, the rumour seems to have died down now. He a split opinion his whole career he certainly split opinion when reports were suggesting he might come back we ran a poll yeah. last week and it was the closest one we've ever run between fans whether they'd want him back or not what's your take on Arnautovic and what did you feel uh, when the stories emerged that he might be coming back this month just felt like really again going back all the time what are we doing I don't want him back at the club man really and people got that such of a short memory. What poison he is in a fucking dressing room. He's like, it's like the old thing we pay it, you know what I mean? No, I don't want him back either. It's like, why do you want that poison in our dressing room? I don't get it. You know, we're trying to build a good team, you know, a strong team, solid. Like, you know, they want to fight for each other. Put him in the dressing room and see what happens. Yeah. Just see what happens if you put someone like that back in the dressing room, man. He wasn't even talking to Noble before he left. Seriously? 
that, that, that's, no. that's the thing, isn't it? People, it's easy to just think what he was like on the pitch and, you know. He was great. Yeah. I'm not, no, I'll never say he weren't a bad player. I loved him as a player. But the moment he did what he did, fuck off. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with you. There, there we it's go. Like coming over and finding your wife in bed with your best mate. No more. So, <laughs> you, you wouldn't invite either of them back into your life then? No, I don't go back. Never go back. Never no, go back. I do. Uh, I Why? like that. I like that. Um, I, I, I think I, I do know what you mean. And I think it's easy for, for fans to have looked. But it did split fans down the middle. But that is perfect timing. An absolutely brilliant packed part two. Uh, we lost Mark, but we got him back again. Uh, some great opinions there. But stay with us because we'll have the Betway charity bet section. They are back after the FA Cup hiatus last week ahead of the Burnley game on Saturday. And we've got a bonus one this week because Mark's getting involved as well. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards. And tonight we're joined with uh, for an extended chat by Mark Javot, uh, the rib man, as most of you will know him. Of course, covered loads in part two there. Sebastian Haller's departure, Robert Snodgrass leaving and uh, plenty more on top of that. But now, delighted to say that the Betway charity bets are back. We had a week off last week because obviously the agreement with Chad and the guys at Betway only covers the Premier League games. So we had a breather chance for us all to take stock and uh, see exactly where we're going to put our £50 charity stake this week in the hope of winning some money for uh, me. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Cancer Fund. James Jones is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombidi's foundation and Tom, of course, trying to raise money for Isla's fight. Uh, we're doing pretty well so far this season. Betway have agreed to double any winnings that we uh, accumulate at the end of the season. And uh, delighted to say that Chad has agreed uh, that Mark can have a go this week as well. So we've got 200 quid in charity stakes going on the West Ham Burnley game at the London Stadium this weekend. So fingers crossed we can pull some money in. If Mark's bet comes in, the winnings for that will be spread evenly across the three charities that me and the lads are playing for that I've just mentioned just then. So fingers crossed. Jonesy, like I say, no bets last week, but what have you gone for this week? Burnley uh, at home. I've gone big, very big. I'm looking forward to seeing the odds on this one. Uh, it's probably my biggest so far this season. Uh, West Ham to win 3-0. Correct score. And then Bowen to score any time and Antonio to score any time. Um, so pr- pretty big. Uh, I reckon that's probably a close to 100 to one shot. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the seeing the price when when Chad lets us know later on this week. So um, yeah, go big or go home, boys. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Um, uh, just a reminder as well, of course, that uh, anyone listening or anyone at all, actually, whether you're listening or not, can go on to the Betway app or website before the game. Uh, it'll probably be towards the end of the week is when the bets go up and you can actually back the We Are West Ham bet. So just go onto the pre-built bets section on the Betway website or app. Scroll down and you'll find the We Are West Ham bets. It'll be, they'll be tagged Will Pugh, James Jones or 
Tom Edwards. And this week, of course, it'll be Mark or the Ribman on there as well. So, Mark, uh, what have you gone for on your We Are West Ham podcast debut? What are you backing uh, to try and win some money um, for us this yeah, week? I'm going to back West Ham 1-0 win. Um, Antonio to score. And over eight and a half corners. Okay, like that, like that. And uh, yeah, you think we've only, <laughs> Mikhail Antonio, our only eligible striker, fingers crossed that the uh, run out. Just fancy him a bang one in this week, I really do. Exactly, if anyone's going to, it's going to be him. Thomas, what have you gone for? Um, I've gone West Ham to win under 2.5 goals in Bowen to score any time. Um, the geezer's just got, apparently his appearances against Everton for Bowen gave him a big pay rise. So I feel like he'll come out and... Uh, Showed them why they gave it to him. So fingers crossed and uh, fingers crossed Mark gets over the line so we all can get a bit of money as well for our charities. Absolutely, mate. So you, fa- you fancy a bit of a grim game, do you? Under 2.5 goals, bit of a scrappy one? I do. I think these these two months, December and January, tend to see the most scrappy, grim games and just sort of eating the games up and just grinding it out. So I think fingers crossed that happens. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, the odds will come out. Uh, I think they'll be tired as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The odds will come out, of course, towards the end of the week, and we will put them up on Twitter. Mark, I've gone with, I've gone similar to you. I've gone West Ham to win, Mikel Antonio anytime, and a penalty to be awarded. I fancy playing it's Burnley and West Ham. There's going to be a lot of balls going into the box, a lot of balls pinging about, a few, an accidental handball here or there, VAR. Uh, swoop in to uh, to give a penalty and carry on ruining football like it's trying to. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, we've all gone pretty positive on a West Ham win. So, uh, if Chris Wood rises like a salmon and nods Burnley 1-0 in front after five minutes, we'll all be head in hands. But those are the... Uh, those <laughs> the West Ham way. <laughs> exactly, mate. Those are the charity bets for this week. So I say, uh, fingers crossed, some of those can come in. We can keep on piling on that money. We're into the thousands now for the money we've raised. So we want to keep that going till the end of the season. And just a reminder, again, that you can back those on the Betway app or website if you want. But stay with us because we'll delve into the Burnley game. We would normally have an opposition view next up, but Burnley are currently playing against Manchester United as we're recording so understandably no one available to talk Burnley but me and the lads will go into it in a little bit more detail next You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And we are joined tonight for an extended chat by the Rib Man. It's been brilliant so far. We've covered loads. Uh, Mark has had a Betway charity bet this week. So we've got 200 quid riding on the Burnley game in the hope that we can raise some money for our charities. As I explained, uh, unable to get an opposition view on board this week to chat the Burnley. We normally get the guys from the Turfcast podcast uh, to come and have a chat, but they were all watching the game. So uh, can't blame them for that. But Tom, first of all, I'll go to you for the Burnley game. You've said there you're expecting a bit of a scrappy one. It's the kind of game, isn't it, that, We'll be we'd make awkward work of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, in amongst all trying to make an awkward work of this sentence at the moment, but that that is it's the sort of game where the other team will be quite happy with a point. The pressure's on us, and they're not going to be pouring men forward that we can exploit on the counter attack. It has got the hallmarks of a bit of a grim one, isn't it? 
Exactly that. And I think if you look at our results this season, we've always struggled against teams who sit deeper, um, create a smaller space around the box and don't give us that space to run into with our with our front three running into space and get hitting them on the counter-attack. So I think Burnley at home is always a bit of a grim one as well. They beat us last year. They beat us when they were the reason we had that meltdown at home with the owners. I think they've got quite a good record there for a team of their size. Um, and I expect it to be no different. They, they started to come into their own defensively. They're not shipping goals anymore and, and they've got a bit more about them. They always come into their own around this time. So I think it'll be a very hard game. I think it's... As much as these fixtures look on paper, look good, I, I wonder if they're actually hard games for us, like West Brom and Burnley and, and teams like that. We struggle to break teams down when they sit deep because of a lack of creativity in that midfield, a lack of guile. So I think this will be a tough game, but I do think we have enough. I genuinely think that a bloke like Suchek changes changes us as a team massively in our dynamic. If you have someone like that, you can hurt people from set pieces, hurt them from wide, hurt them from crossing the box. We've got a chance. So I do think we'll overcome it, but I think it'll be another grim, grim watch like the Brighton, like the Stockport, like all those games. But I think we'll get it done. But there's no, you can't overlook a side like Burnley. They're a very well coached side with uh, good morals in that side. So I expect a tough, tough game. Yeah, Mark, you've gone for 1 0. You're obviously not expecting a game of wide open, expansive football to be played. <laughs> you would be able to be really tired. Must, yeah, well, so. <laughs> The game, the game, the game against Stockport, man, that, that must have took it out. You know, that was running through treacle. You know, that was they're tough, tough game. Um, Burnley are playing right now. You know, I don't know. I can't see them running ninety minutes up and down. You know, it would be a bit of a battle, a bit scrappy. But I can't see, I can't see free flowing football. To be honest, you can't. I think it's going to be. A tough game to watch, and just hopefully because we have got a little bit more about us this season. Hopefully that we, you know, we won't let any goals in, and we might nick one. That's you said you certainly wouldn't be surprised to see it end nil nil, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I, I know, and both teams would be quite happy with that <laughs> at this stage. You know, because, yeah. you know, it's a game they don't want to lose. Ain't too bad a draw, is it really? Um, I mean, for them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we do need to start kicking on, you know, we, we, we can't, this is a stage of the season now where we would normally just think, okay, we do only need a few more points. We do take our foot off the gas. You know, it's so disappointing every season. You think we, we, we actually we got a chance of fighting for sixth place, you know, we really have got a chance this season. And then all of a sudden we're in the bottom half. It's like, wow, can we not just, Go for that sixth place once, you know. <laughs> but that's I'm still clinging on to that hope, Mark. And uh, we'll we'll have that chat at the end of the, the <laughs> transfer window, of course. But I'm still clinging on to the hope that that we will push on. Um, but well, yeah, we was <laughs> what's that? We was promised it, weren't we? Just be honest. Like, well, exactly it. That is, it. that is exactly it. And, uh, <laughs> That's why I'm still still clinging on to well, that hope. Old. I mean, I'm old enough to remember it, so you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. No, no, me Probably neither. Not being a football, not you know, not <laughs> fucking. What's that? I've forgotten the name of the cup, but you know, the other bullshit we used to play. Oh, <laughs> you know? I don't. I uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 in the Toto, that, that was it. Fucking hell. Yeah, we, we won yeah. that, didn't we? Yeah. 
Jonesy, Jonesy, what, what are you saying then? Sean Dyche's men coming to the London Stadium. What are you uh, what are you saying? You look a you look a little bit pensive, mate, a little bit deep in thought, just a bit of tactical analysis going on, is it exactly? Uh, you're just about to explain to us all how and why West Ham are gonna win three nil in line with your uh, Betway charity bet. No, I've got no tactical analysis. For me it's just a hunch. Um I completely agree with um with what Mark said about you know, the play, both sets, both teams are going to be tired, but I think we've just we've got a lot more going forward. Jared Bowen, I think, came off on what the last fifteen minutes against Stockport, so he'll be relatively well rested. Um, so he'll be able to give us a little bit of bite going forward. Uh, and I just, I just think that in line with what Mark said again, you know, we've got a huge opportunity here to really push on. Um, and I'd like to see us do it. And I've got I've got a feeling that David Moyes has got that mentality within the squad that you know they, we're not going to fall down the Christmas decorations this season. Um, obviously, we wouldn't be surprised if we would, if, if we do. Um, and I, don't, I just don't think we can afford to this year because of how tight the league is. You know, I'm looking at it now, and there's what there's only six points between us and Man United who are winning the league at the moment. At the top, it's it's ridiculous how close it is. So. Um, I just think that a home tie, we have struggled a lot at home against some of the teams down down there and, you know, happy just to sit back and try and play for a point. But I think I think we've got enough to, to do it. I think we'll be a pleasantly surprised come Saturday evening. Uh, I've just got this hunch that we're going we're gonna to batter them. And, you know, they owe us as well. They've, they, you know, they've won four, they've beaten us four of the last five games, um, all of which we haven't scored in. Um, so it's about time we return a favour a little bit and, and stick a few past them instead. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to rain on your parade there, Jones. And I like the sound of all that. It's nice to hear a little bit of optimism from you. Burnley are holding Man United to a nil-nil draw. <laughs> Makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. Yeah, but it's uh, it's really currently seven minutes gone. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah, seven minutes gone in the game, oh, mate. You know. Burnley nil, Manchester United nil. But Burnley, 16th in the league at the moment. They've won three out of their last five games, only lost one. They're in reasonably good form. So with that in mind, lads, I know we've had the, the Betway charity bets um, and we've had a couple of correct score lines for a change. But as we always do at the end of the Oppo View section, we'll do score predictions anyway, just to ratify them. So, Tom, I'll go to you first. What are you saying? The score, West Ham Burnley on the weekend. I think uh, I think we'll just nick it one nil. I think I think we'll get there in the end, past the seventieth minute. I just I just think we'll show a bit of quality, which gets it done. Yeah, I uh, I like the thought of that Jonesy. I assume you're sticking with your three nil, are you? I think so. Well, I, I'm tempted to hedge my bets and go for like I don't know, like two one or something. <laughs> so if I, even if I don't win my charity bet, at least I have got the up overview prediction. But no, I'll stick with three nil. I'll stick, stick with three nil. Well, I'm going to have I'm going to have the the two one. I think I, I can't see us stopping them from scoring. They're they're big and physical. I think we'll have a lot of balls into the box. I think one of them is bound to drop. But yeah, I fancy we'll get two. So Mark, uh, stick me your one nil. I or feel free to hedge your bets like Jonesy on the score prediction if you want. No, no, definitely one nil. I don't see. I mean, I well, I hope we do get three, but. I don't know. It's going to be one of them. It's going to be a tough game. I think, like I say, they're playing right now. We played last night and it was tough, man. You could see. It was one of them games where it took it right out of you. It could be a lot, lot, you know, they might not feel it in the first half, but they win the second. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, absolutely. It's going to be a tough game. It, it's Burnley, let's be honest. Like, you know. <laughs> yes, they're, they're one of them teams, aren't they? Always, always have been for us. Yeah. Always yeah. have been. So, but I think we'll nick it. I do. But only uh, because we're a lot stronger now in, in defence. Absolutely. Well, I like your uh, I like your positivity, Mark. Look, before we let you go, it's been brilliant having you with us for the first time, and we definitely hope to have you on again later on in in the season. But but uh, what did just, just before we uh, before we let you go and while we've got you, yeah, what's your sort of overall looking ahead to the rest of the season? Obviously, you didn't sound particularly optimistic about the transfer window, just like James Jones. But what's your what's your how do you see the rest of the season sort of playing out? Hopefully, we'll speak to you before then. But but how do you see it as what's your View on West Ham at the moment. Just before we let you go, so um, I think if we do get in a decent striker, we've got a chance of, of you know, of actually fighting for a sixth place spot. You know, of actually fighting for that place. I think if they don't bother getting anyone in, we will struggle to stay around mid-table, and that's it. I don't think there's any danger of us going down this season at all. You know, but. We've built a really good. We've we've had a good start. No, it's Christmas, man, and just just gone. And, and like I say, we're six points off the league. No, six points off top. It's not a lot, is it? Why can't we just you know oh, play play well and just keep going and fucking finishing a European place, man? That'd be lovely. That's I'd love that. I would. That that would make me happy this year. I think that would turn I, last you know year or so. That'd be it. Exactly. And I think that's a brilliant, brilliant way uh, for Mark to finish on there, because you mentioned it earlier, Mark, the words that I think of all the time, which is as we were promised, there was a deal, an implicit deal. It wasn't written down anywhere, but it was there was a deal forged between the club and the fans that we when we moved away from our spiritual home and to the new stadium, the deal was that the match going experience might not be as good and historic and all the things you loved about Upton Park, but the football will be better on the pitch. We, the fans have had to hold up our end of the bargain because we haven't had any choice. And until now it hasn't uh, happened on the pitch. So yeah, as we were promised, this is the season to, uh, buckle ourselves up a little bit as a club, make that sign-in to replace Sebastian Hilaire and push on to Europe. Mark Javeau, the rib man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us tonight on the We Are West Ham podcast. We hope to have you you join us again later on in the season. But everyone else, stay with us because we've got Name That Game next. So that was Mark Javeau or the Rib Man joining us there for an extended chat for three sections. Mark was with us for giving his thoughts on all things West Ham. Do follow him on Twitter uh, to track his, obviously his business is going uh, from strength to strength. having a bit of trouble uh, because of COVID obviously, but building his own factory and uh, it's good stuff. And he, Mark, they're just as passionate as thousands of West Ham fans are up and down the country and across the world about West Ham doing well. But one thing and one game that all three of us are passionate about is name that game. It's got really tight. James Jones had an almost insurmountable lead, it seemed, at the top of the leaderboard. And he is still out in front, but after a couple of 
big, big defeat to me and Tom in consecutive weeks. His lead has been eaten into. I am still bottom of the league on 19 points. Tom just one ahead of me on 20. James Jones out in front on 23. For any first-time listeners, this is Name That Game. Each week, the Quizmaster, who this week is me, picks a West Ham match from history and collate seven pieces of information about the game. And uh, as they, they're revealed one by one, and the boys can interject and guess the pieces of information coming up. And for each correct guess, you get a point. So no opportunity for me to win any points this week. But fingers crossed, the uh, lads, James and Tom are going head-to-head, don't make their leads on me any bigger than they already are lads are you ready jones you you look a bit tense jonesy you all the shoulders have gone up he's sat up in his seat in his new office Here he is he looks Here very he nervous squeaky bum time is it james because your leads got so narrow now nah 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 i'm, I'm still very very confident Oh, I didn't like that. Didn't like that suggestion at all. Thomas has got a confident swagger around him. He sees how rattled his opponent is already. Looking forward to this one, Tom. Ah, uh, never really, never, because you're always up there to get shot down. But it's a chance to claw back at the Jones. So fingers crossed. <laughs> exactly, mate. Well, look, let's let's have it. Let's get straight into it. So, lads, uh, the obscure fact about this game is. The opposition's starting 11 had nine of their 11 players from the same country and a striker that West Ham would go on to sign. So the next piece of information I'll need from you, if anyone does want to guess, is the scoreline. No guesses from either man. Do either of you want to have a stab in the dark? Oh, um, I have a stab. 2-0. Tom Edwards 2-0 is incorrect. James Jones, you can have a crack if you want at the scoreline. Can you can you say the obscure fact? No, I'm, I'm afraid not because Tom's had his guess. That would be an unfair advantage to you. And as you know, I'm a stickler for the rules. <laughs> right, okay. Um, yeah, you completely have me there. I'm going to say 3-1. Three one is incorrect, James Jones. The correct score, in fact, was three nil. So Tom, very close. So were you there, Jonesy? Three nil was the correct uh, scoreline. So now you know that piece of information. Are either of you in a position to give me an opposition goal scorer? None. Uh, Tom, that is incorrect, James Jones. Throws over to you. Tom's tried to pick up the easy point there, even though there's a replacement fact. When the scoreline is nil. So, Jonesy, your chance. uh, The scoreline was 3-0. Need an opposition goal scorer. I'm going to take stab in the dark. Mido. Mido is incorrect, James Jones. Unlucky there. So I am going to give you uh, the all of the opposition goal scorers. There was only two, and they were Fabio Simplicio and David Di Michele. Oh, so yeah. The, yeah. The next piece of information oh, yeah, that yeah, I need yeah. is one West Ham goal scorer. I think Tom shouted yes no. first, so I'm going to throw to you, Tom. 
uh, a West Ham goal scorer. There, of course, was none. So instead of that, I need the West Ham captain on the day. Oh, Rio Coca. Nigel Rio Coca. That is correct, Tom. It's the first point of the evening. Goes to Tom Edwards and James Jones. Throws over to you now for the stadium, please. James Jones, deep in thought for anyone listening at home. Hand scrunched up against his chin, scratching the stubble. Upton Park. Upton Park, James Jones is incorrect. So it throws to Tom Edwards. James Jones has gone for the points on the floor there, but Upton Park is wrong. So Tom, from you, please, I need the stadium. Um... I know, I know who it is, and I know who it's against. But could I pass and then do the do the opponent? Or is that no, sir. No. <laughs> um, I was going to go actually, but I had school. I think it's something to do with the Stadio Barbara. <laughs> you know what, Tom Edwards. The correct answer is the Stadio Renzo Barbara. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you half a point for that, Tom oh, Edwards. That is a that is a great shout there. So, Tom, you can you can have a half point for that. that Appreciate that. The rules, but the Stadio Renzo Barbera, James Jones, Tom Edwards uh, is actually no, sorry, Jonesy, you went first on the stadium. So this one is Tom Edwards's shout again. Tom, the opponent, please. Uh, Palamo. That is correct. So Tom Edwards with a two and a half to zero lead at the moment over James Jones. Jonesy, to claw back some form of dignity, I need the season from you, please. I'm not sure about that scoring, but I'll go for it. Um, 2015-16. No. Wild, wildly incorrect, Tom. Tom oh no, five and six, five and six. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm afraid I'm going to have to take your first answer. It's huge drama in the Jones household. Tom Edwards. Can I... I believe it was 0607 because he got it through the FA Cup. That is the correct answer. So yeah. James Jones even got it wrong on his second corrective guess. It wasn't 0506. It wasn't 1617. James Jones has had an absolute mare there. Thomas Edwards, correct uh, from you there. It was 2006, 2007. James Jones, you've had a shocker there, but you're a bit, you're quibbling my scoring at the moment. You're, you're frowning your, your head, your yeah, hands well, going through was, your hair. It, it was my turn to guess the guess for the opponent, but you gave it to Tom to guess instead. No, you guess the stadium first, mate. That is true. You, you, we, we alternate it, don't we? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You went first for the previous one, so it was Tom's turn to go first. But then, but then Tom had a go, and then it was my go again. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. You alternate <laughs> who goes first. Nah, I'm not having nah. it. But well done, Tom, because you would have won <laughs> nah, anyway. So to, it's fair I, know, I know what you mean. You but... the hard point. <laughs> to make it easier for you, if you want, you can nick the hard point away from me. It's fine because you even said, you even said to Tom, went, Oh, can I, can I pass this one and, and guess the next one? And you went, No. Yeah. That was because it... it was my go next and he would have had my point. Oh, 
I don't know. I mean, I'll have a I'll have a stewards review at the end of the podcast to double check, and we will correct any scores uh, next week, of course. However, I do think Jonesy, after suggesting that West Ham played Palermo in 2016-17, that if any week you deserved zero points, it is this in, in, week. In my defence, in my defence, my brain was like, I can't believe, I can't believe he's not letting me guess that one. That was my go. <laughs> Completely threw me. Completely threw me. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 just an absolute mare, absolute nightmare. <laughs> You've had a shock in there. And the worst thing was, or the best thing was, from my perspective, that as you were trying to desperately try to correct yourself, you were going, "No, it was oh five, oh six, which was also wrong." So look, we'll have a we'll have a stewards inquiry at the end of the episode when the edit's being done to double check the scores, and they will be corrected ahead of next week. But either way, whatever way you look at. James Jones has had a stinker there, but stay with us because we'll wrap up the show with the last segment. Next coming up is the West Ham women. So you are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, James Jones and Tom Edwards. We had Mark Javot, the rib man, joining us tonight. Contentious drama in Name That Game just then. Uh, James Jones having an absolute meltdown. There will be a stewards inquiry. Discussions were ongoing in the break between the two sections. We will have to look into it of course, but an absolute stinker of a performance from the reigning champ, or it could be former reigning champ, James Jones, depends what happens with the score uh, score inquiry after uh, this week's episode. But we're wrapping up the show. That is almost it from me and the lads for this week. Great to have Mark Chavot join us earlier on uh, and we wrap up of course as ever with the West Ham women's section and they haven't played again another COVID cancellation widespread condemnation of lots of the WSL players who went abroad over the Christmas break despite it being against government guidelines it's caused some friction within the game amongst other players as well who had to stay at home away from their families we had Isabel Barker WSL expert from the Sun newspaper and friend of the show on last week talking about it as well but despite the fact there was no game our new manager Ollie Harder still waiting to take charge of his first West Ham women's game because, of course, that game away at Manchester City was postponed. Could be a blessing in disguise because the general consensus was we were going to get an absolute whipping up at City. However, our silver linings, Emily Van Egmond has signed permanently. She was only on a six-month loan deal the Australian she's been great uh, for West Ham this season uh, she signed a deal uh, with the Hammers but Rachel Daly and Ruby Grant have both ended their loans and gone back to their respective clubs Rachel Daly gone back to the Houston Dash in the MLS and I'll be quite honest I think if I had a choice at the moment between training in training and playing in London or in Houston Texas then you would be catching me on the other side of the Atlantic at the moment that is for sure but it's Tottenham at home fingers crossed that one goes ahead it'd be the girls first game for around a month I believe Tottenham at home on Sunday scheduled in three o'clock kickoff. The win would take the girls above Spurs in the WSL 
that Tottenham are on form, unbeaten in four games. The girls are still 10th, uh, five points above Bristol City still. Um, Jones, I mean, where do you start, really? Another cancellation, the, the general sort of reaction to all the COVID stuff was people saying, you know, this is the first time that women's footballers, as opposed to men, have alienated themselves to the public by going away, breaking rules, thinking the rules don't apply to them. Isabel was quite reserved on the matter last week when we were talking about Alicia Lehman's trip to the Maldives, but there's some Arsenal players, Leicester players, uh, who also went away to trips to Dubai and the Middle East over Christmas. Um, where, and obviously we've seen a cancellation. Gilly Flaherty, West Ham captain, has been really vocal about it, saying people need to take responsibility, etc. What have you made of the whole palaver, should we say? Yeah, it is a palaver. Um, I mean, both the women and the men's side of the, the, the sport have, haven't really helped themselves. But at the same time, I mean, um, not everyone within the within the game on both both sides uh, are catching it. Are, are those that are going out and going abroad and, and flouting the rules? You know, people are catching catching this thing regardless of whether they're flying to Dubai for a couple of weeks or not. Um, so to to solely blame the the situation that the men's game and the women's game are in at the moment purely on those that are flouting the rules, I think is a little bit naive because. Um, you, you don't just get COVID if you decide to flout the rules. You know, there's plenty of people that are just catching it, pop into the shops to get their essential essential items. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is elite sport. Uh, it's elite sport for the women as well, um, and it's uh, it's disappointing to see some players not, um, you know, take a little bit of responsibility. Um, they're in the limelight. You know, they're they're public figures. They're the ones that we should be setting the standards to those that think that you know that they're above COVID and you know they can go and do what they want because COVID they're, deniers they're like a, you, um, COVID deniers, or they're, they're not in an age group that that, that, that think that you know that, that it affects to, to a certain extent. And you know, these these are supposed to be role models, and it's disappointing to see that a lot of players uh, or a handful of players are have flattered the rules and decided that it, the rules don't really apply to them for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, we're in the situation we're in now where games are being called off almost every week and you know on mass and where you know the team West Ham women haven't played for for weeks now because um, you've had the winter break in between and yeah it's just a little bit just a little bit frustrating but um, there's not a lot we can do and not a lot that the sport can do because even if they just stopped players from leaving the training ground I guarantee people will still catch it because you know it's not just just the disease that people catch if they break the rules. Everyone's catching it. Absolutely. That is the nature of it, mate. But yeah, you know, obviously the West Ham game at City cancelled. Uh, Tom, not a lot to add on, on what Jonesy said there, really. Just fingers crossed. Uh, I think obviously the women are blessed in that there's less games to try and cram in. So there is more room, more wriggle room in the calendar. I'm sure a few of the men's players and managers particularly would have been... Uh, grateful of a, of a winter break like the girls have managed to have what looking ahead to that Tottenham game then Sunday Tom do you think that the the absence that they've had is that going to help or do you think it's been such a long time now that you know obviously they've had time to work with the new manager but do you think God, it could have had it's, it's too long without actual match practice and and that fitness that comes with games 
think I think that will absolutely be a factor in terms of having match sharpness. Just be playing. We've all played at whatever level we all play to. Having having sharpness and playing games. It, 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 Go on, it, Tom. It, tell us what level you played at. Oh, uh, semi-pro. Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> um, AFC Geese League on the boys, but um. No, I, I do think that having a bit of match sharpness uh, means a lot and it is different to training and and I think the girls will struggle. I think the quality of football in general in WSL will will struggle as a result. And I think um, football in general in, in this whole thing going forward, irrespective of West Ham's women, football, men's and women, has a big point to play and a big part to play in society in the next few months and year or however long this this goes on because it gives some it gives people something to look forward to it gives them hope and it gives them something to aspire to be and get out there and, and want to do what those guys are doing on the pitch so I think if the girls can come back and buy into what Ollie Hard has actually given them on the training pitch I think it could be a good layoff but I think there's no, there's no denying the overall quality in the WSL will fall and will fail as a result of of having such a long time off but the girls are professional footballers and a very talented group of players, so they will hit the ground running eventually. But any professional athlete or anyone who hasn't done what they're supposedly good at for a few months will struggle to to hit the ground running. So I don't expect to see liquid football, but definitely expect to see a team who's willing to fight for a new manager and can, fingers crossed, get a result against the arch enemy. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I think, you know, we saw under after Matt left, the performances did notably improve after Matt Beard's departure. So fingers crossed they, they managed to carry that into into the new year, albeit with a with a big long break there. Jonesy, the obviously some some moving and shaking in the transfer market, more so in the women's team, in fact, than there is in the men's. But uh two departures, just like the men's team, Rachel Daly and Ruby Grant loans coming to an end, but Emily Van Egmond signing permanently. I think that Van Egmond signing is fantastic. Do you think the positive outweighs the negative there, or do you think it's an even one? What do you think? Well, losing Rachel Daly is a big blow to begin with. Um, you know, just a, a huge player, five goals and four assists in 12 appearances. So already lost uh, a massive outlet in terms of um, in terms of goals. Uh, creativity but you know the, it is it is then outweighed by the fact that Van Eggman signed made a loan deal permanent and she's also a massive player three goals in nine games for her and you know she's a very very important member of the team and it's really good that they've managed to to keep her at the club um, but I still think like just miss losing Rachel Daly and, and what she brought to the team from in terms of an attacking outlet um, and, and the, the goal contributions that she gave gave the team in that first half of the season, they're going to miss that um, massively. So it's it's whether the other players can then step up and and you know and fill that fill that void. And I think you know Ollie Harder's got a bit of a job in his hands already to try and find that player and, and find you know plug that gap in terms of um, attacking outlet because um, that's a big it's a big miss. Yeah, absolutely. Looks like there's business to be done on both sides of the uh, the West Ham coin at the moment, the men's and women's. I think certainly that uh, Rachel Daly, if we can replace her, I think that would that's that's important, isn't it? I, I think agree with what you say, James. You know, we haven't exactly been been great at the back this season, but uh, if if you know we're even more 
blunt up front. Uh, that's that's only going to uh, that's only going to spell a downward spiral as far as the table goes. But yeah, fingers. I mean, fingers crossed. The game does go ahead this weekend. Been a long layoff for the girls. Big big one against Spurs, of course. And it'll be good to see Oli Harder have his first game in charge. But that lads is pretty much it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. This week, just to be a bit different, we'll roll straight into the outro because nothing has happened on the fantasy premier league which is brilliant actually because uh you have all the positivity that um i forced you all to bleat out about my performance last week means that still stands uh i'm currently leading our little three-way group 1024 points jonesy uh you are bottom on 882 tom just ahead of you on 896 there's a short little game week this week isn't there just five uh, five games being played, including the ones tonight. In fact, I'll be keen to see how my team is getting on when we log off from here before a load of double game weeks, the, the week coming up after that. So it's going to be some moving and shaking in the fantasy Premier League world. Rudy Eagling still top of the We Are West Ham listener league on 1,121 points. If you want to join that and you haven't already, the code is all lowercase C-N-Y-6-O, the letter U. Uh, so feel free to join in with that. I'm 19th out of all of our listeners. James is 267th and Tom is 239th. And just a reminder to everyone about the New Year giveaway that we're, we're doing. We've, we're giving away a replica shirt from the, this one of this season's shirts to uh, one of our We Are West Ham podcast listeners. We haven't put it anywhere on social media, so the only people who can get involved and play are you guys who download and listen to the podcast every week. We love you all. Just wanted to do a little something to say thanks at the beginning of the year. So you can win a West Ham shirt. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on either iTunes or Apple Podcasts or uh, YouTube. Uh, Take a screenshot of you writing the review and send it to us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. And when the email comes through and the review pulls through on the platform that you've left it on, we'll put all of the eligible entries into a hat and we will pick a winner that will be announced on next week's podcast now. And the new deadline, we've had to extend it just to ensure we can collate all of the winners, uh, all of the entries, sorry, properly. Uh, the new deadline is Friday at midnight, and that's UK time. So get your entries in to us at wearewestampod at gmail.com by then to be in with a sharp chance of winning a West Ham shirt from this season. Well, lads, that is it. Uh, follow us on Twitter, of course, everyone, at we are underscore West Ham. We are on Instagram as well, and we're on YouTube. If you want to watch this show, uh, the Ribman Mark Javo was on tonight. Just scroll down to the podcast description, and you'll find a link to our YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to us there as well, because we will have uh, some more video content for you over the coming week as well as the full shows we'll have little snippets favorite bits and especially the interviews we've had with old players so jonesy it's been a it's been a brilliant show tonight actually i've really enjoyed it absolutely packed full of content laughs me and you had an argument like the old days which is absolutely lovely um any any final thoughts before we sign off for another week on the we are west Ham podcast no good episode lots to lots to cover uh feels like um, feels like we, even though there wasn't a winter break, it felt like it was a winter break. There's not a lot happened for for a couple of weeks. I don't know if it's because of the FA Cup as well, but lots going on. Transfer window um, ramping up. Loads of rumours going around of players that will we'll never sign. 
uh, and West Ham in the next round of the cup. So all good. Uh, very positive going into this this weekend against Burnley. Absolutely, mate. Thomas, sum up uh, the show for us. Your thoughts as uh, as we say goodbye for another week. No quality. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it tonight. It's nice to get another fellow West Ham fan on and just sort of chat rubbish about the club and, and enjoy it all together. So, no, absolutely enjoyed it. I'm um, looking forward to this week. I think it will be a really tough game. I really do. I think it's that time of the season where you can't expect free-flowing football. It'll be a bit drab, but we are that team at the minute. He was a stereotypical hard team to beat. So, fingers crossed, we it suits us. And... Uh, we end up nicking it. Long may this relatively successful winning patch continue. And um, I think I think this will be a good month for the podcast. And uh, fingers crossed West Ham because we'll have a lot to talk about in the window and uh, plenty of games to chat and chew the fat of. So fingers crossed, onwards and upwards and uh, come on West Ham. Absolutely, mate. Wonderful final thoughts. Well, look, West Ham said au revoir to Sebastian Haller. We said see ya to Snoddy. We managed to escape from Stockport's boggy ground with a 1-0 win to progress through to the next round of the FA Cup where we face Doncaster and the reward for beating them will be a trip to either Liverpool or Manchester United and let's hope that the Hammers can escape the burn against Sean Dyche's Burnley on the weekend. Thanks very much for joining us once again. Thanks to our guest, the Ribman, uh, tonight. Keep the faith, everyone. Up the Hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.